Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bet in Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by who else? BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They've got your news, scores, and odds covered for you. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device right now to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is only at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. It's Christmas Eve. Eve, the NFL draft, it is upon us, is here in just a mere hour. So it's time to bring back our sharps, our gambling experts right now to talk just a little bit about what's going on and what may happen during this NFL draft. First coming up on the pod, golf betting expert, but also he's here to talk a little football. It's Scott Sang. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Welcome back. And also NBC Sports own and bet prep himself, Brad Feinberg. Hello, Brad. How are you guys doing? Look forward to today. So excited to have you guys back on the show. Let's just hit the little news and notes real quick. Something that just kind of came down the wire a couple moments ago. Teddy Bridgewater yeah. out of Carolina on his way to the Denver Broncos for a sixth round pick. A little money being moved around a little bit. If it's all right, Brad, we're going to start with you right now. You know, as it stands right now, the Broncos, I believe, are 7.5 win total for Correct. next year at minus 115. Does this move the needle at all for you? And what do you think of the move? Great question, Joey. For me, yes. For the market, no. And there's a difference in that. Uh, I don't think the market's going to really consider Locke to Bridgewater an upgrade. I think it's a big upgrade. And actually, I think this team, not trying to overrate them, and it's a very tough division. Obviously, I think the Raiders are good. I think the Chargers are good. We obviously know the Chiefs are great. But I think this is a team that has good skill players. I think this is a team that they were missing their two best defensive players last year. Chubb, you know, basically missed the entire season. We know Von Miller missed the entire season. Um, I don't think this is a bad team. I think this is a team that, due to circumstance last year and, and bad quarterback play, probably won with five or six games. I, don't, I think they won six games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think if they get these defensive players back, which I expect, uh, and I think Bridgewater is the definition of a guy that, look, he's not taking you to heaven, but I think he can take you to eight and eight. And that's what, if you're looking for an over, you're looking for eight, eight or better, even with a tough, or in this case, eight and nine, I take it back, eight and nine, 17 game schedule, shame on me. Um, I like this team's over. And I even think if you wanted to sprinkle a shot on this team to win the division, I think they're around 20 to 1 odds area, Joey. I don't even dislike that. I think this is a team that actually has a chance to be good. So I think it's a great move for them. Really like it. They're the, one of those classic teams that kind of screws up in the final moments of games. They play the yeah. team really close. And then just they good kind enough of, to lose. Yeah, just good enough to lose. Great point. And I, I really love their weapons on the team, like K.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton coming back, Jerry Judy, Noah yeah. Fant, Melvin Gordon. I mean, the pieces are there. Team. The, yeah, the defense is there. Maybe they just need a guy to complete some passes. Scott, uh, weigh in on the deal that Teddy Bridgewater is now going to Denver. And also, conversely, what do you think this does to the draft? Do you think this maybe takes the Denver Broncos out of what could be a quarterback carousel tomorrow night? I think it's a definite upgrade. Uh, I wasn't a big Drew Locke fan. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is a really nice compliment to the Broncos because they have a lot of skilled position. They have a lot of skilled players. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball and Bridgewater is that, you know, he's that your quintessential game manager, right? He's not going to make the big throws, he's the, but he's not going to lose it for you. Um, he's a veteran. He's a solid player. Um, and they, they can play with the defense. They got Vic Fangio, who's um, a great defensive minded. I mean, he was an amazing defensive coordinator. So he knows how to scheme um, to play with that style of a quarterback. 17 game season. To me, that that's the, the difference maker. That that seven and a half. It made it from I like it to I love it. 
what you give me that extra game, they don't even have to go 500. I mean, yeah. uh, they go, they win eight games. They're, they're under 500, but that you win your bet. Um, so I really like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't jump on them winning the division, but I understand the 20 to one is a nice payout. Um, but you know, just with the chiefs being there, like, I just think that's probably just a waste of money, whatever the odds are. Ultimately, I think, you know, without any inside information, I think that this, they will now draft, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think, I don't think they'll draft a quarterback, but at the same time, in no way, shape or form, do I think that takes them quote unquote off the table to draft a quarterback because Bridgewater is not, you know, franchise quarterback. So if, if there's someone there that the Broncos love, um, that think that could be that guy, I mean, they probably, and John Elway, that they would, they probably wouldn't hesitate to take him. Um, so I don't think it takes him off the table. It certainly makes him a lot less likely to take a quarterback. And just a quick follow-up, Teddy Bridgewater or Andy Dalton as a Bears fan for one season, who would you probably prefer? I, I don't think it's even close. I think Teddy Bridgewater is significantly better. Yeah. I don't think he's bad. I think Andy no, Dalton is bad. No. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. And, Ted, and Teddy Teddy's the guy that, I, I guess, Teddy's the guy that'll get you there, right? He won't make any mistakes. I guess the question is, does he make that big play? He's a lot more mobile, too. I mean, he yeah. his Not athleticism mobile, actually yeah. impressed me last year. He ran the ball. Again, I'm not overrating the guy. He's out of the 20 or out of the 32 starting NFL quarterbacks. He's probably, you know, maybe like 22nd, 23rd. He's not, but, but I actually think his name is perfect. To me, he's a good bridge quarterback because I think he's a guy that can, I'll put it this way. Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. I think he has a lot of that in him. And what I mean by that is I think he's the kind of guy who can get hot, play well for stretches. And really, if you had an injury to your quarterback, you're number one. Like, let's say Patrick Mahomes, whoever, this guy can come in and actually flat out wing it. We saw, what do you go, 6-0 and with the Saints two years in a row? I think you want to combine 11-0 and or whatever it was when, when Breeze was hurt or whatever it was. Yeah, he did at least 5-0, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so I'm just saying, like, I think he is I, – I, someone who uh, – I had a big position on Dallas last year, uh, talk about a poor bet uh, in hindsight, but uh, I thought Andy Dalton was god-awful. Like, and I think he's – legitimately a significantly below average quarterback now uh teddy bridgewater i think is again a, a below average starter but i think he's a lot better than Andy Dalton's the world and i actually think bears had him uh and we may talk about over unders a little later uh i bet the chicago bears over under this year and i would not have bet it if they had Teddy bridgewater i i would say uh that when we're talking about the bears or just a, a team like with these guys like i don't think that look bridgewater better than dalton period but I don't think that the, the, either quarterback would make too much of a difference in the win total um, just based on what the Bears have around them. And again, the, that old line, like Andy Dalton is especially like he can't, you know, he, he needs an offensive line. He needs blockers. You saw when the Cowboys were just banged up in those first few games, like he had no time. He couldn't do anything. He's not the type of guy who can like, you know, maneuver around and make plays with his arm. Um, it's in Bridgewater uh, better than him at that, but still not like anything special. And the Bears offensive line sucks. Uh, well, by and large, it sucks. I mean, it did start to improve as the season went on towards the end. But either way, they, the, the, those are the types of quarterbacks that can't succeed. Well, like, like many, like most quarterbacks need a good O-line. They are not those ty- They're not special enough to do it without it. So I don't think it's too much of a difference for specifically the Bears, but it doesn't matter. Because they don't, they have Dalton and 
and that's that. And uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Dal- yeah. Dalton and that's that. I mean, yeah, and that's the issues last year, especially even with Trubisky. Their margin for error was so thin, and I think with Andy Dalton, it's going to be even more razor thin. And now, now that Teddy Bridgewater's on the Denver Broncos, you know, all the people that I keep talking with, a lot of the people in the Charlotte area, if you're a Charlotte fan, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, locally what they're talking about is double dipping a quarterback, which I think probably surprises a lot of people probably outside that area. But now that Teddy Bridgewater's off the board and it's just Sam Darnold on that team, it kind of opens them up back up to possibly drafting a quarterback too as well now at eight. So let's move over to this NFL draft. Let's just start it really simple. Let's start at the top. Let's go to the cream. Brad, uh, I just want to get your intake on this because we did a little talk on the preview pod you know, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Let's just start here. Is Trevor Lawrence one of the most locked in bets to go number one of all time, in your opinion? Well, <laughs> he is. And I actually put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I understand most listeners are going to call me crazy and be not understand this. But again, I base everything in probabilities on math. That's how I live my life. And I'm pretty good at it. Um, I think the chances of Trevor Lawrence not going number one are the chances of him being alive the day of the NFL draft occurs. Um, I really think that's the exact correlation. Or if he were to get paralyzed uh, in a car accident, tragically, something like that. Barring that, he's going to be the number one pick. So I put up $100,000 to win $1,000. Trevor wants to be the first pick in the draft. Now, before you call me crazy, that means there's implying there's a 99% chance he's going to be the first pick by laying you know, 101 odds. Um, I think the, uh, the true chances are incalculable. I mean, what are the chances of a healthy 22-year-old, or well, I think he's Trevor Lawrence 22, dying, or, or, or I hate to say that, I hate to be more, more you know, I'm not trying to be morbid, uh, but I really think it'll take something that tragic, something him being paralyzed, something literally in that ill for him not to be number one pick. And I'd set those odds at more like maybe one in a million, kind of like the Jim Carrey movie, so you're saying I got a chance, I you know, dumb and dumber. I think it's a little bit like that, Joey. I think it's that kind of chance as opposed to a 99 out of 100 chance. Listen, I won a FanDuel championship one out of 100 times, okay? I got lucky and won their championship. That's a one in 100 shot. Trevor Lawrence not being the number one pick is a one in a million shot. Scott, so when he's I... not the number one pick, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page <laughs> to pay off that freaking bet, and you better freaking help me. I was going to say, like, do I text you right away, or do I hang <laughs> back and just kind of let you just yeah, go? Just let, let it marinate for a little bit. Yeah, a little moratorium. Yeah, exactly. And Scott, I want to ask you and just kind of parlay this over. Yeah, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars at number one. Their win total this year is at six right now, minus 120. Do you think that number is affected by the concept that they believe Trevor Lawrence is on there right now? Or do you think that could be a juicy number? And do you like Trevor Lawrence enough where maybe he can maybe get them the over on that number? Yeah, I mean, personally, like I'm I'm lower on Lawrence than most people. That doesn't mean I don't think that, you know, he's could be excellent and in, in, in the best quarterback in this draft. I mean, probably, I think, I guess, I think, I think he will, but I, I don't love him. The Jaguars are a hot mess. I also don't trust, I mean, anything I, you know about Urban Meyer, right? That transition, college of pros, like to me, there's no correlation in, in the success there. He may be a highly successful, great NFL quarterback, but I, I, we don't know it yet. I, I mean, quarterback, I mean, uh, head coach. I just don't like it. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback for a team that was atrocious last year. Um, I, 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 I'm not, that doesn't, I'm not betting it. If I'm betting that, I'm betting the, 
I, I take it. I think they'll win five, you know, four or five games. I don't, I don't like them. It was six and a half. You said that? I, I see it just at six. It could be a number somewhere else, but yeah, outside of James Robinson and Trevor Lawrence, Brad, what exactly do they have that could engender any sort of uh, sense of enthusiasm or optimism that they could beat that six number? Well, to me, it's actually, if you, first of all, going from, I actually didn't think Minshew was God awful, but uh, going from Minshew to Lawrence is a, is a massive upgrade. And I, I do believe, listen, talent is king, Joey, but I do believe, I am a big believer in sports. I really am. That culture does matter. I, I really believe in life, culture matters, not just sports, everything. I think so much of, of how you perform and do in life is the situations you're around. And Urban Meyer, see what you want to say about him. I mean, I hate Ohio State, so I don't like him. But, but I respect him a lot, and I respect everything he's done. The guy has been a winner, Bowling Green, winner, Utah, winner, Florida, winner, Ohio State, one at the highest level consistently. I think he's going to change the culture of that team. I think I would be very surprised if this is now not going to be like a good team. I'm not saying I think it'd be good in the 2021 season, which are what we're talking about. Not sure, but again, I think they have some talent at wide receiver. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he had a decent, a decent rookie season. We know Robinson's a good running back. Look, the team has a lot of holes. I'm not disputing, but here's the the carrot on this team, which I, I do like. First of all, they lost a lot of pretty close games last year. Now, look at that division. I think that the Texans, with the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? If he doesn't play, that's the worst team in the NFL. Okay. And then, so that's, that's true. Even if he does play, it's not a great team, I don't think I would say. Uh, and I know if we talk about over-unders, I, the Titans, I think, have been a very fortunate team where nothing has really gone against them these past few years. But I think there's a thin line for that team going downhill. And Indianapolis, who I really thought had a really good infrastructure, but I don't like what the general manager is. I think he's gone too far. He's gone the uh, Green Bay Packer way of refusing to address any free – like the Packers used to be with Aaron Rodgers. They would never sign a free agent. Then they got the Smith brothers and they actually really helped them. Chris Ballard refuses to add a free agent. It's like he doesn't care if they've had the most money two years in a row. He will not add anyone good. When you have a good team like they have, I think that's a mistake. So, and Carson Wentz, who knows if he's going to be great. So I think that division, Joey, out of the eight divisions we look at, I would say it's seventh or eighth best. So I think that's a big thing. And, and again, I do think having someone like Trevor Lawrence, the guy is a winner. I think it's going to change the culture of the team. I'd be on the team's over. I'm, I didn't bet it, but if I saw five and a half, I would have. I made the number six and a half, uh, and I could have gotten six, but it wasn't quite enough edge for me to pull the trigger. I want to follow up with you on this real quick because you're, you're talking about culture, and it's got my wheels turning a little bit where this seems to happen a lot more in football than maybe other sports, right, where we talk yeah. all the time about how great Patrick Mahomes is, but there's always that little footnote of, well, he's got a great fit with Andy Reid. We oh. talk about Tom Brady and Belichick's relationship over all these yeah. years, and we ask the question, could Tom Brady win all these Super Bowls without you know, Bill Belichick? Do you think maybe this is why, and I want to get your take on why Mac Jones is being pegged to kind of go third right now to the 49ers, because they identify him as a fit, maybe more so as the talent, the raw talent that everyone thinks he is when they're evaluating him. I, I, um, first of all, yeah, I think, very true what you said, Joe. I think it makes a lot of sense. But the Mac Jones thing, I have a real thorn in my side about that. And I'll tell you why. Sometimes I think there's a becomes a narrative where people who don't even really watch many games get on their high horse and say, I watched more or less every Alabama game last year. And I'd love to sit down and watch a game. Now, I know how talented they were. 
I know how Waddle actually missed almost the entire year, but I know how good Devonta Smith was. I know how good Najee Harris is. I know they had good offensive linemen like Leatherwood and, you know, and, and the center is very good. I'm Damon Dickerson. I know this is an incredibly ultra talented team and a great coaching, but I thought two years ago, Joe Burrow had the best, forget football season. I thought he had the best year any athletes ever had more or less the way he played. He threw every ball. Perfect. I've, I've never seen anything like it. I thought last year, Mac Jones was right there with Joe Burrow is the best football year I've seen a guy have. And people who just rip on this guy and, and make him to be like this. I think part of it is his name. Mac Jones is like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny here, but it's like a kind of a boring, a Mac Jones. Like it doesn't sound, it's not like a sexy name, like Tua Tonga Viola. Or it's like, a, it's a character out of varsity blues. It's almost like kind of a too good to be true kind and, of name where yeah, it's easy and, to and make I, fun of. And I really actually think in society, these things happen. And this is why I do well in sports betting. I'll look for any small inefficiency. And I think just, he has a image of being this almost, I don't want to say scrub. That's unfair, but this, overachieving guy that's really not that good and again i will see these people are saying that did you watch the games this guy was great not good this guy was sensational he threw every ball perfect i yes these guys are great players and get open but this guy was throwing balls that were just terrific passes again i think the hate has gone too far for him where people just i don't understand why people don't give him enough credit if he stinks all right Okay, maybe he will. I'm not, I don't get paid to evaluate talent, but I will say that I thought Mac Jones's body of work last year, to me, he was two, was what the fifth pick in the draft, fourth pick, six? Oh, no. Fifth or, fifth or six. Fifth, they, fifth, fifth yeah. or six. He went fifth yeah. to Miami. Uh, Herbert went six. As someone who really watches these, watch these games, I dare you. I dare you to tell me that you think that Tua was better than Mac Jones in college because he wasn't. I'm, I mean, I, I hate to be that strong, but he wasn't. Tua was not as good as Mac Jones was. And when Mac Jones, when Tua got drafted, no one said anything. Oh, fifth pick. Oh, Miami, what a steal. Well, he would have gone number one if he wasn't hurt. Tank for Tua. I, I think the Mac Jones thing is, I don't understand, again, why he's considered this kind of overachieving guy, like the movie Lucas, where he's, ah, oh, Mac Jones. And again, maybe he's not going to be great. And maybe I'm going to be wrong. And I, I, I'm smart enough. No, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. But I, I do think that his, I think he's being actually really disrespected. Just well, you know, you know what's so funny about that is you mentioning Tua. What did I hear so much about Tua last year was how accurate he was. And what yeah. am I hearing this year about Mac Jones, about how not mobile he was. Right. And this is like driving me up a wall. First of all, the dude in the pocket is mobile. I've seen the dude climb the ladder. I call it functional mobility. Yeah, he's super smart in that. And, like, let's be honest here. This whole mobility conversation at the quarterback position, I'm just going to say it. I think it's a fucking joke. I really do because you see Lamar Jackson, and it's amazing, right? But what do Baltimore Ravens fans say more than anything? We got to protect Lamar Jackson. He scares me when he goes to the sidelines. Kyler Murray last year running all over the place, almost leading the NFL in rushing yards. We got to get, we got to keep Kyler in the pocket a little bit more. We got to protect him. He's going to get hurt. By the end of the year, he was banged up. Why does everyone on the planet want a mobile quarterback who's constantly exposed? We saw it as Chicago Bears fans. When Mitch was out of the pocket, great. It was a game changer. But the dude got hurt with his shoulder, what, two or three times throughout his career. It's this exposure risk that I personally just don't think. I mean, it's great. It's awesome when Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes on a third down and eight or nine 
it all gets flushed out and they kind of step up a little bit and they pick up that first down. Really nice to have, but exposing these guys over and over again and needing to have this dude around the edges all the time, dropping a shoulder and picking up a first down or whatever. It seems silly to me. And Mac Jones is getting dinged for not being able to do that. When I think that in the short term, that just doesn't, it just doesn't really ring very true in terms of what I think we need for quarterback play. Look at the quarterbacks who were in the Super Bowl last yes, year. You think Tom Brady is good. Drew Brees is good. Uh, Pete Manning was good. I mean, you yes. don't think these guys would still be great today? If, if anyone actually thinks that, then I, again, I'd love to be competing against those guys. I'd love those to be my competition. Like, I just did another podcast the other day where the guy who I do it with is a brilliant guy, and he, he was talking about the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, how outdated it is, basically showing that if you even knew where the guy, what the exact success of the guys was, how off this thing would be. And the people, general managers will still use this because the guy, Jimmy Johnson, wrote it up on a napkin 30 years ago. And it became this godsend thing, which me and you, Joey, could have written up. And it, it it just, because he did it and he's Jimmy Johnson, oh, this is this is the way it has to be, this Jimmy Johnson trade chart. And it's funny, the guy said to me, he goes, well, teams like the Ravens, because, you know, are going to want that Jimmy Johnson trade chart forever because they know what value is. Let, let them, let, let these teams keep going on that chart that's so antiquated as opposed to more updated ones with more analytics that have much more data based on Jimmy Johnson, wrote it on a napkin 30 years ago. 1989. Yeah, that, 30, 30, yeah, there you go, brother. That's how long ago that was. Like, yeah, so, I agree. To talk about how that, you know, like could be possibly relevant today when yeah. all of sports, not just, I mean, it, nothing is, is, is linear necessarily to how anything went down then i mean the napkin alone like that is that, that's not happening today like, like the ten commandments yeah <laughs> it was on a, on a tablet on a napkin from denny's is here it is all scott uh, just weigh in on what's your take on mac jones just in general do, do you like him as a player do you think the 49ers are doing the right thing taking him at three just what's your take i'm not you know i'm not a, a professional to analyze quarterbacks although arguably you know, the people that are not necessarily very good at it either. Um, but <laughs> my, so the way, the route that I go to, to give like an, an, an assessment is I'm, I'm looking at, okay, if Kyle Shanahan has interest in him this high in the draft, I'm looking at who is it? I trust him more so than the vast majority of, of the coaches or, you know, the brain trust in the league. Um, you know, I know he doesn't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand why I don't either. I don't think he's very good. Um, and so he's identifying Mac Jones. There's a lot about Mac Jones that he does really well. Um, I, so I, I lean towards, I think he will be good. I think he'll be good because I, I trust the people that are expressing interests unless it's all smoke and mirrors, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe that it is. Uh, I think he'll be good. Um, and if, if you were going to argue the other way, you know, you could say like a product of the system with Alabama, like, oh, look at Tua. I mean, Tua's had one year. He didn't do anything. Um, he was great at Alabama, but, you know, we don't know about him as a pro. You could, it doesn't translate like that. I, I don't put too much stock in things like that. I, I go with who's interested in him. Um, it's my best way to assess it from what I see with my eyes as much as I can tell. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not seeing them throw in camps and stuff like that and, um, you know, and I'm not in tune fully with the measurables, but whatever the mobility, I think is highly overrated. I agree. I think he's 
plenty mobile, the guys you even named, like they can get you those first downs that when plays break down, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's not the most mobile guy. I mean, he's mobile, but not like overtly Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even Tom Brady to an extent, like in the pocket, stepping up, you know, they're not when plays break down, like they can, they, they're smart. He can move around. He's got nice, he's got good feet. Um, so I think I, I, I do like him. I do like him. Uh, I, I think, I think he'll be a good pro. I do. Yeah. I think it's nice to have a mobile quarterback. I just don't really want one. Look what happened to Dak Prescott. You went for a first down and you know what I mean? The, summer, submarine this season, just stay in the pocket. And yeah, and it's just been so funny that Mac Jones, when this all started end of season, I think he was projected to go to the bears at 20 and look how far he's come to this point now at number three. And when the 49ers traded up, I honestly thought they were going to do Trey Lance because, hey, we're going to get up and we're going to have a guy sit for a year. But now it looks like kind of they're going for the short thing. And after that pick at three, I think the whole thing just kind of unspools itself and it gets really interesting and dynamic. I want to move down the board a little bit. Brad, I wanted to ask you this question. You probably got the inside scoop on it. What are the Eagles going to do? I mean, obviously the board's got to come to them a little bit, but if you had to take a guess, where are they leaning right now? Because Howie Roseman's had a very interesting offseason. I think some of the moves that he's tried to make through the media have been called out for their bullshit. And he's saying out there right now that, Hey, we'll take a quarterback. We'll take a quarterback. So that just see that screams. We'll trade down. We'll trade down. Well, you know, where do you think the Eagles are planning on doing right now? What is that? 11, 12, their, their, their lines Jimmy, right now. I think they were minus minus one forty-five to go offense plus one twenty-five to go defense. Look, this is where I always talk about. And I, and I mean this, like the best, what I love about sports, it's the meritocracy, the best athletes play, but, and I'm not saying Howie Rosen's not a good general manager, but I really don't believe the best 32 people are running NFL teams. And if I was running a franchise like Philadelphia right now, I'd say, okay, I'm running a franchise. I'm not running just for 2021 season. I'd say, and I really like the trade they made going from six to 12, because to me, this is a process. This is not going to be, uh, they're, they're old in the offensive line. They don't really have many impact players on defense outside of Fletcher Cox. And he's getting older. He's been around for 10, 11 years now. I would really say, you know what? Look, I don't, I'm not trying to win the Super Bowl in 2021. And I, and I just, I look, I want Jalen Hurts to develop to see if he's the guy. But if he's not the guy, I want to get a top three pick to be able to be great for next year. So if it was me, and you know how these teams value, like usually you can get a 2021 pick for like two first round picks. Like they'll like, okay, we'll give you ours this year and next year. Like, and I'm always like, if I was running a franchise, I would perpetually be doing that because I'd be like, I always want to have two first round picks. I always have that flexibility to move up because I think sometimes people just fall in love for that moment and they don't just think broader long-term. If I was Philadelphia, I would trade down. I would trade my pick. I would do as much as saying I'm running a franchise. I think this team is going to take them a little bit, Joey, to get better. They need a cornerback. They, they don't have any anything of substance there. They haven't had a good linebacker since Jeremiah Trotter. Their yeah, offensive line, as I said, is getting, is getting old. Jason Peters' days are basically finally numbered. They have no wide receiver. I mean, this is a team that has more holes than the big hole in the donut. I mean, there's just there's so much stuff to do, which is why I don't think you can really go wrong anywhere. But if I was them, I if someone wanted my 12th pick and they want to give me two first-round picks down the line, great. If they want my second-round pick and they want to give me a first-round pick next year, great. I would absolutely be treating this to see if Jalen Hurts can play. Uh, and he actually thought he showed something, Joey, last year. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't think he was going to really be a good enough passer. Um, 
coming out of college. And he wasn't great by any stretch, but I guess anyone prepared a Carson Wentz team great last year. But I thought he showed enough to merit a chance. They have to find out if he's that guy. At 12, I don't think. Now, if Justin Fields were to fall to 12, do you maybe take that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't rip that because he's a chance maybe to be a home run pick if you wanted to go that way. Um, but I think to answer your question, I think this team can go anyway because I think they have as many holes as any team in the league almost. Well, and that'd be, that'd be the conundrum, right? Let's, let's just say Fields or Lance slides to that 11-12. And let's just say it's Fields because Fields has a little more credibility. He gets to 12. New England Patriots are calling. Washington football team's right. calling. Chicago Bears are calling. And then now you're really in a situation where you're going to be having bidding offers coming in. And well, then that's when you got to decide what you're really going to do if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. But, Joey, this is why I, I always say that if I was an owner of a team, and I, I say this so, like, matter of fact, I just know, right, I would – put so much resources into finding the Jerry West of basketball, the guys that pick the right players. Because to me, yes, you need talent to win, but you got to find the guys who can actually see that talent. I'm not saying I can see that talent. That's not my skill set. But I would try to find guys that can do that. And that's not my job to know, okay, Justin Fields is this or Trey Lance is this. This is why Howie Roseman's getting paid two and a half, three million dollars a year. This is why Ryan Pace, when he's the Bears general manager, and he's taking Mitch Trubisky, he can't screw that up. Like, you cannot mess that up. That is why you you get paid to not screw Oh, everyone loves Trubisky. I don't care if everyone in the world loves him. Your job is to get it right. And if you don't get it right, you set your franchise back. So I think what these teams don't do a good enough job on, I have so many ideas I would do to, to get the best people in the front office. I would have, the way people love to get the best players, I would try to get the best talent evaluators. Because if I have the best talent evaluators, I'm going to eventually get the best players. And I think that's what teams really don't focus enough on. They're always focusing on everything other than having the best people possible to make these picks for them. And I think that's where teams fall short, but it's just my little rant. Sorry. That, no, that's okay. That's life though. Right. They hire their friends. They hire. There's a hierarchy friends. of the kid that did the internship. What was, you know what I mean? And they work their way I, up and that's, that's you're how saying goes, maybe you know, that's yeah. exactly true. Like I, I really hate to say that, but I actually, what you said happens. It's, it really does. And it, it's a shame. And, or like, if you, the reason I did root for how a guy like Howard Roseman or a guy like the Webstein is, I can't tell you how much I hated when that, oh, you didn't play the game. I don't give a fuck if I didn't play the game. It doesn't mean I don't know, like, it doesn't mean I don't know the game. I'm not saying it doesn't give you a built-in advantage. I'm not pretending to know all the ins and outs that you would know. I would never insult you that way. But I don't think it means you can't evaluate talent. I don't think it means that you don't have the ability to be successful in understanding value. Listen, me and Scott, we do, and I don't care if people laugh, we do our fantasy leagues. Sometimes fantasy leagues really is a great guide for these teams. I understand value and, and you have to understand value in making trades. And when you do these leagues, it's all based on value and understanding what you can get for an asset. And I think so many of these general managers don't understand the concept of value and how to extract value and how to optimize and maximize their chances of success. Well, isn't it funny too, where I don't think it's a, it's a probably a case by case basis, but it's also, you mentioned guys that played the game, know the game, right? Well, yeah, I think there's a difference between evaluating talent and competition, correct? Where when you yeah. play the game, you're evaluating the competition that's in front of you and the game that surrounds you in that particular moment and how to beat that where talent 
as you mentioned, short-term, long-term, in this moment, maybe we don't like it in this moment. How do we progress it and get to a certain point? There's a steps and a program that you have to go through that doesn't necessarily have to do with you playing the actual game itself, you know? And I, I, I just think you're really hitting on something that's, that's interesting that we see it cycled in over and over and over again. And just keep in mind, Ryan Pace, he screwed that up uh, twice. Not only did he pick, pick Mitch Trubisky, he traded up one pick. Yeah, right, right. I right. mean, uh, honestly, well, though, like, if you, if you the, the pick right. The yeah. 49ers are going to take Trubisky. They're going to be left holding the bag with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. They were so obsessed with their own conviction and their own their own version of what they thought talent and value was that they traded up and spent more capital to get the wrong guy. That was because so crazy. You, I mean, you can't be wrong when you do that. You can't be wrong. It really is that simple again. And that's why I say like someone like in golf, like Butch Harmon, you know, or Hank Caney, who can like 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 recognize a guy's swing and say well you know what i see real talent here where i see a guy that 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 swings off it's gonna he's gonna it's gonna maybe screw him up the same thing again with this talent if the guy can see this guy's throwing motion oh my god i see great repeatability i can't do that's not my talent set but maybe if you have guys that could really see or with someone like oh you know what because his shoulder goes here this is stuff that's not my area of expertise but there are guys out there that do do that and I keep saying, these guys don't cost $20 million a year to sign. But if you can find those guys, Joey, oh my gosh. If I ever got the chance to run an organization, which I know I won't, but if I did, I would have the best people in the organization, which would give me the best chance of getting such players. And I find that teams don't put nearly enough premium on finding the guys who actually pick the players as opposed to the players themselves. Which brings us to the Chicago Bears going to be picking at 20. Scott. My friend, let's just kind of start here to a little bit of a two-parter question. The first one is, what do you want the Bears to do at 20? And then part two is, what is too rich for your blood? If they were to trade up, what would be too much in your opinion in terms of what they would give up to get one of these quarterbacks in this upcoming draft tomorrow? Uh, no problem. I will answer those. I just wanted to throw in one comment about what Brad was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, do it. 100% agree. Um, been saying that like my whole life. It's all about the best thing you could be is uh, you're just basically describing a producer role. That's the person who brings it all together. Like yeah. you're not the person who has these unique talents, but you understand that I need, I want to put together the pieces. I want the best to do it and it'll work. And none of these guys, not none, but so many of them don't operate that way. I've said before, like whatever, uh, you know, the uh, teams are paying their scouting staff, stuff like that. I would, my bread and butter would be like, I'm going to pay double. I'm going to pay the best. everybody else in the league for those guys because A, they're going to be, they're not going to even touch what players are getting paid. Right. So you can absolutely afford it. I mean, I would be just extreme in that one. I want the best ones and I can, I'll throw money at them and that's yeah. what counts. And I want the guys who, who can evaluate it and then once yeah so if you can recognize the talent that's that's what it's all about and isn't that what the, isn't that what the bulls are doing right now isn't that what the bulls are doing where basically they had like i think they had like one or two like international guys for when gar and pax were in, in, in office and now with karnashovis they've like obviously quadrupled that and they actually have a staff of people that can actually go out and scout these games definitely although it is a lot harder to do in basketball because they you just there's just you don't have nearly the amount of numbers and which on the, which also affects the amount of guys like that can be that talent 
that can do it at that level, plus the way the teams are built. So it's a lot harder than the NBA. Of course, it's still the route to go. Um, but that one probably requires the least, like, you know, ability to be like, dude, I recognize this guy is going to be awesome. LeBron James, like, take him number one. You know, like, again, I mean, I'm being a little uh, hyperbolic there. But, yes, NFL and, and Major League Baseball. But to answer your question about the Bears, um, same as my, my answer there is who do I want in the draft? Same as before. Um, I'd like them to get, if, you know, if it, where they're picking, I would like them to take uh, best tackle available. I, you know, I'd be lying. If I tried to sit here and tell you which one tackle I think is the best, it's a waste of time because I, I don't know. There's not enough for me. I, 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 I'm not the person who assesses, you know, offensive line talent. Um, it's harder to, you know, it doesn't pop out as much for your average viewer. And I don't know who's going to be there. So I would just say whoever the best tackle is available there and because I don't trust them to take, to make that move for the quarterback, because I don't trust Ryan Pace, because I think he's a product of what one of the things Brad mentioned is somebody that they liked him. He was in early with the Saints, like almost like an intern, whatever. He helped find Michael Thomas. That's a claim to fame. He's got great hair. He's very professional, clean, handsome, smart guys, well-spoken, shit general man. Virginia took one look at him and went, oh. Loves him. <laughs> he's, he's got a job for life. And then, um, so I don't I don't trust him and 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 uh, the guy that he hired uh, as his coach, which was Matt Nagy, the guy who's been there. I, neither of those, that brain trust is, I, I brain trust is a stretch to call them that, but that's what the position they're in. I don't like them making those big decisions. Look, he had his shot. He went for it. I admired the balls on it. I liked conceptually going for Trubisky. Like if you identify this as your guy and you have the balls to do it and you think this, this, you have it down, like, yes. And if he was Patrick Mahomes, meaning like if he was the one to turn up Mahomes, I mean, then that dude, brilliant, love it. Anything's worth it, but it was risky as shit. And obviously he got it. Couldn't have gotten it more wrong. I don't trust them to do anything there. Second part of your question is uh, if, I believe it was if they were to trade up. Well, yeah. So like for me, it's the, it's the threshold area, right. Where they've been rumored to to possibly trade up to four with the Falcons. There's even rumors that it's seven and eight with the lions and and the Panthers. And then there's the whole conversation that we were kind of roping around with the Eagles, where if some, one of these guys does get in that 10, 11, 12 area, you can make an easy case that it won't cost you a first rounder. But if you're getting into that top 10, it could cost you a first rounder and more. And we all know pace pays you know above sticker price for pretty much anything that he does like this if the bears move up in the draft you know uh eight spots or even 10 12 i mean even further up whatever it is you could i mean you could bet bottom dollar that it was an overpay (laughs) yeah first it's right if the bears moved up they gave up a their obviously they swapped first round picks um and then they gave up probably next year's first as well um, I'm so uh, maybe even a second I, on top of it, if they go up even higher, like into the top, you know, five or six, something like that. But I, so, which to me would be an overpay. I mean, anything's almost going to be an overpay because of who's doing the draft. I mean, because what's realistic, like what wouldn't be an overpay if they just had to give up like a second round pick. I don't see that happening. Um, nobody, I don't think anyone's going to go move from like 12 to 20 just for the bears, you know, like, second half of the second round pick this year you know yeah, I, I actually see a scenario where everyone keeps talking about will the bears move up at 20 i think the bears are going to move up from 52 at some point 
into maybe that late 30, early 40s area and probably either target maybe the quarterback or maybe a wide receiver or something along those lines. I think that something that they shouldn't really sleep on either. I, I would say there's, there's one, this is probably silly, but there's one modicum. I mean, a little modicum of me that says like, okay, I, 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 I like Trey Lance. I, I, mm. and I, I don't trust them to develop him. but my thinking is if they were to take Trey Lance and he turns out to be great, I think he's got all the tools. Obviously we, he doesn't have the experience. He was playing at him. He wasn't playing at T1. Right. Um, I would say like the bears could be bad enough maybe where those guys could be hopefully gone in a year uh, pace and um, uh, Nagy where then, Oh, okay. Now if we have Trey Lance for like maybe somebody that comes in after them, like the first year that that could work out. Um, but it's such a risk. Like I wouldn't you can be- always, uh, you can always also, if you take the quarterback like Trey Lance, you can also put him in a package for Russell Wilson next year, which is something that I don't think is, I don't think that's dead by any stretch of the imagination. And I would be very surprised if Russell Wilson is on the Seahawks beyond he'll play on them next year, but then beyond that, I, I, I see him moving on somewhere else. So good point. I hadn't, I had not thought about that. I'm so clouded by who is making the decisions, who's currently employed in those positions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whatever it is, they'll fuck it up. So yeah. any move is the wrong move. With Ooh, this looks like a delicious dish. Wait, who's making the meal? I'm out. Like, I love Trey Lance, but if the Bears trade up to take him, it's like, shit, I guess I was wrong about Lance. <laughs> He's not going to be shit, is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor just live a trusted source for high quality wellness cbd products created by athletes just for you now look during this crazy time maybe you're trying to get more sleep maybe you're trying to work on your energy you're trying to protect your immune system that's why just live came out with their brand new cbd gummy line they have six different flavors sleep energy focus immunity calm and vitamin c they're vegan and low sugar plus they're founded by professional athletes clay thompson alex morgan travis pastrana and paul rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and they could stand behind. It is finally here. So if you need support with sleep, focus, energy, stress, or immune health, I highly recommend giving these a try. And right now, if you buy one of their new gummy products, you get one free. That's right. There are six different benefits to choose from. Instead of just choosing one, visit justlive.com and use code support to buy one, get one free. That's right. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies in line with the code support at justlive.com. Now back to the pod. Well, let's get let's get into it, you guys. Uh, Brad, you're going to go first, and then uh, Scott. We kind of teased it a little bit. We're going to talk about some of those and maybe some new ones. Let's just talk about your favorite plays for this upcoming NFL draft. Some value plays that you guys like a whole lot. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about. I believe it was Alabama players last week. Brad, absolutely love that yeah. bet. Now that bet's off the board, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, too good to be true. Just talk about some of the other things that you like uh, heading into tomorrow night. One bet I started getting on and. Uh, was which receiver, which Alabama receiver would go first um, between Waddle and, and Devonta Smith. And initially, if you go back two months ago, Joey, it seemed like Devonta Smith was clearly had, I think there's been a real change because of his, again, and this has nothing to do with whether I agree or disagree. I actually saw something interesting. In the last 10 years, the two receivers, two best receiving years against press coverage, Devonta Smith in 2020 and Devonta Smith in 2019. And you would think maybe a little guy against press oh. coverage would struggle. Not only was he not bad, he had the two highest grades ever. I think the guy's going to be great, even though he is, you know, 166 pounds. But I think, I think that uh, there's some teams that are just not going to have him on their draft boards necessarily. 
as high as they should, just because physically he just doesn't chalk off, you know, the, the, those matches. But what I did was instead of laying, I think at the time it was like even money. I just bet you could bet some of these three-way things, guys, where you could bet, give the order. And I bet a free square is, is, uh, What's his name going number one from LSU? Uh, Devonta uh, Jamar Chase. Chase it. Yeah, Jamar Chase is going Cincinnati. number one, and and I then just took Wobber to go two, Devonta to go three, and I instead of laying a dollar twenty, I got plus one forty. It's a way of flipping the odds in my favor when mm. it's a free square. And I know we talked about the bridge jumper where I took uh, Trevor Lawrence. Here's another one. You can still lay around eight to one on Jamar Chase to be the first receiver taken. Guys, since Calvin Johnson's been that long, since the NFL scouts had a unanimous number one rated wide receiver. This isn't Trevor Lawrence. I actually could lose this one. Um, but again, they're implying there's about a 88% chance that Jamar Chase is the first receiver taken. I think it's probably closer to a 97% chance. I think he should maybe be a 30 to one favorite. I actually found value laying minus 800. I get it's not fun. I get most listeners aren't going to want to do that. But one other one, which still is out there, which I do like Mac Jones, you can still get less than two to one to be the third pick. I just really believe with what Shanahan does and the way he runs the the guys he's had, Matt Shaw, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. This just seems to be the guy that he thinks can be in that elk that he wants to run his franchise. Uh, Could it be Trey Lance? Sure, it could. I I do have some Trey Lance plus 500 on my pocket, but I have a very big position on Mac Jones to go three. Yeah, and it's so interesting with Jamar Chase where if you, you know, you read all the stuff and you suck up all the information, yeah. every once in a while, you'll still see something about Trevor Lawrence that, you know, they'll pick at his game a little bit and talk about weaknesses. For the life of me, Chase. I can't find anything about Jamar Chase that anyone has yeah. said badly about. And he seems like a sure deal. And at five, Cincinnati's sitting there. Joe Burrow's his former quarterback. Scott, how interesting would it be if the first six picks in this draft are three straight quarterbacks Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Jalen Waddle, four, five, six, all offensive skill set players. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen an NFL draft like that. Uh, you know what? I, I I haven't looked at that, but I would say it's, uh, yeah, I can't recall that ever being the case where the first six are all skill players, right? Off, you know, offensive skilled players. So on the side of the football. So that would be quite interesting, but uh, I, to be honest, it's, it's, there's, it's pretty, it's kind of likely that it's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, like, it's almost like it, there's, there's always some, there's usually almost always something that just, that, that you didn't see coming that happens um, early on. Most, most cases, like to expect the unexpected. So, um, you know, I, I'm having a hard time gauging how, you know, if that's actually going to go down um, cause it's like, it seems that it's going to go down that way, which means it's probably not right. right think, like, like, would you find value in Panay Sewell if his over under, I don't know what it is. Is it like six, maybe 6.5 or something like that? Would you find well, over on that? I, so yes, I, 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 I do. I, I do like Sewell there because I like the value of the, uh, I don't know what, what are the odds Brad might know off, off hand of, um, Sewell going to the Bengals, right? Uh, you could take over under, over under, you know, six and a half for his draft spot, mm-hmm. and the juice is on the under. Because I, I do, I look to me like look at the Bengals, right? Their offensive line is it's 
you can make an argument at that it's the worst in the league. And there's some bad offensive lines. Theirs was one of the worst. You you see, well, they got the him world. killed last year. He didn't finish the year because thanks to them. You're right. And so this guy, they need to protect him. They have a, an atrocious O line. Um, and I know, like you know, Jamar Chase is former teammate. But I think Joe Burrow is the most important asset, obviously, to to protect there. And he's also, in my opinion, and I think the Bengals probably feel the same way. Like he's special. So he wouldn't necessarily, you know, you don't need to overload him with the receivers. Obviously he'd like to as a luxury, but I'm saying, I don't think they have that luxury with the, the enormous hole they have in the offensive line today. And I mean, it's like, who do they have at wide receiver? They're, they're not bad. I mean, Tyler Boyd and, Boyd and um, yeah. T Higgins was T Higgins was, was really nice as uh, uh, you know, his rookie campaign. Um, I mean, he had a, he was came right out the gates. I mean, after a week or two, and he was just solid. Um, even even when they went down uh, playing with who was it, Lindley? I mean, whoever the hell was the quarterback after. I mean, he was okay. But I, I think they can find more guys. You know, as we go on, if there's a lot of good wide receivers, they could take somebody later in the draft too. Jamar Chase is great, but there's there's other great wide receivers at the top. I don't. I mean, Brad said 97. percent I don't know. I mean that seems awfully high that he'll be the first, especially with guys like Waddle and Smith, like the talent that they possess, it's probably going to be chase. I mean, the, the, you know, Vegas, the numbers are pointing that way and they're usually not wrong, but um, personally I would take, I would go with the offensive lineman. And um, I think there's a, there's a chance that maybe the Bengals are um, thinking the same thing. Uh, to me, it, it, it makes sense intuitions, but you know, I really don't know, but I, I do like, I do like a wager on it. Cause it makes too much sense to me to do it. Yeah. I'd like to have you both also weigh in on, you know, Scott, you were right on it last week and it's looking pretty good right now. The running back situation at the back end of this first round, you've got rumors now that maybe Buffalo might be interested in maybe hopping up into those uh, early twenties area for Etienne. You're also getting 24. seems like Najee Harris to the Steelers or an offensive lineman at that place. That feels pretty solid at this point. You know, just guys, uh, just weigh in, Scott. Are you still feeling pretty good about Etienne going first? Because it looks like now he's definitely going first round. Najee Harris looks like pretty solid going first round. You feeling pretty good about that value pick? Because I liked it a lot last week. Um, I still like it, the value pick, just because it, 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 whichever way it was going. So if you're, getting, if you're getting a plus, you know, plus points on, on Etienne, to me it was close enough where, like, just give me that guy. The guy was going to, you know, pay out because it's closer to a 50-50 proposition i think than what the numbers supported in the betting um but it's interesting because at the same time the rumors of the bills moving trading up potentially right to, to get etn i would say again i and i don't know what it mean if they'll do that and i think the bills are playing it's i've been doing a good job over recent years like why do you do that if if the steelers are rumored to be in love with um harris right it, then do what do you need to jump up above them to get etn like i think the running back like i feel like he's probably gonna be there for him because of, i don't think this i mean the steelers if they like harris they're gonna take harris or they're not gonna take a running back i'm thinking so yeah the jets at 23 i guess maybe the spot where you could say would they maybe dip like dip in on that and then all of a sudden they got a combo of zach wilson and etienne and yeah that would be like a ryan pace move let's let's trade up to get the guy that that no one's going to be jumping to take that early that we don't need to move up to take, and I don't think the I don't think that Buffalo's stupid. I, I like what they're. I mean, they're what? Uh, who's the who's the GM? Brad? 
again, but I made a bet on the Bills. I hope you guys are wrong on um, would they go offense or defense in the first round. I laid minus 177 on defense. I like that. Too. I kind of know they're obviously not going to take a quarterback or a receiver. There's no tight end to take. Uh, I don't think it's going to be offensive line. So it, to me, it really comes down to running back or defense because their defense was incredibly disappointing last year. And they had been for so many years. That was the identity, Joey, was their, was their great defense. And last year was flat out bad. Um, and I think they need help at all in every level of their defense, quite frankly. Uh, when I look at the offense, I, again, and it's just my opinion, I, I think Devin Singletary is a fine running back. Uh, I And I like Zach Moss, too. They keep hitting. Yeah. They keep spending capital on these guys, and now there's I a rumor that they're going to trade up. A, and I'm like, well. Like, if I was running the team, no joke, I would have that as incredibly low priority. And I, because I actually think they're above average. <laughs> Not only below, I think they're above average at running back. I think out of 32 teams, they're at least right, you know, right in that mid-range. And, and I think that if you... I just would not go that way if I was. No reason. I've heard a lot of rumors with them. Like maybe I'm just missing it, but I just find it hard to believe that they would actually do that, guys. But if they do, they do. I'll take my medicine. I, I agree that I find it hard to believe they'll trade up. So what? To, because it doesn't seem to make sense in spite of the rumors. Because the you know the, the rumors you can only put so much stock into. A lot of rumors are floated out there on purpose for misdirection, right? Um, I don't see the need for them to trade up to land ETN. What I think. If you're going to win that, if I were to win that ETN bet being the first running back, the route that it, the, the most likely route path that would have seen that come to fruition would be the Steelers simply just passing on Harris when they pick and then Buffalo just taking ETN when it comes to them at, you know, at the end of the first round. I, I think that that may happen. I don't think that they necessarily should. I don't agree that. I don't think I wouldn't. I mean, I'd say those the running back Singletary and Moss, like neither of them are real impressive. They didn't run much last year. Um, Etienne is much more dynamic. Uh, of course, running backs. I mean, you could get undrafted guys, so it's really difficult to say. Like you could make arguments all over the map. I personally don't think it's it's a the smartest move to spend a first round pick, especially in Buffalo's position where their offense is. Is phenomenal, even with a couple, you know, whatever running backs. Uh, they don't really even run it that much with their scheme, but uh, I think, but they they may do it because maybe they really do think ETN is like uh, that special, gives them another element. Because what are Singletary and Moss are either of them like dynamic pass catchers? No. Um, right. So I think I don't think it's necessarily the smartest move, um, but. We're definitely not prudent, but I think that uh, it's a, the decent chance that they'll do it, not trade up necessarily, but get ETN in the first round with Harris uh, being passed by the Steelers. That's, that's the path. Um, of course, watch Pittsburgh will probably just take Harris and make the whole thing move anyways. <laughs> yeah, I, I found it just really curious, too, because, yeah, uh, tra trading up for a running back feels like some sort of missing piece, and I'm in agreement with you, Brad, that I think their defense was something a couple of years ago, and now it's sort of – I think it might be a little bit of a fool's gold. And we saw or saw that towards the end of the season too, as well of what they're going to do. Um, we're going to get to some of your guys' favorite plays, maybe a little story time with Brad before we finish up. I do want to ask you guys a question and, and you guys uh, know a lot more about this than me, but I just want to get your take on, and Brad, if you want to go first, just this 17 game schedule that's coming up and we're talking about team wins and how we're trying to project that 17 games. I mean, whether we like it or not, it, it changes the number. Right. And I, 
And how are you just sort of philosophically looking at that right now? Are you looking at that as, you know, obviously it's an opportunity for, for, uh, for betters and sharps, you know, bet on one more week of extra football action, but obviously this can kind of obscure a little bit how we traditionally look at these win totals year by year, right? You see a seven and a half and an eight and you go, Oh, 500, but that doesn't necessarily mean 500 with the 17 game schedule. How are you taking that in right now? I, I, one thing I did was again, I looked at that last 17th game, okay, Joey, and I said, who's it helping? Who's it hurting? For example, a team like the 49ers, they get, even though I don't think this is a bad team, by the way, I actually like the Bengals, but they got the Bengals while other, you know, other teams are getting, in their division, are getting Cleveland, who's theoretically a better team, Baltimore, who's theoretically a better team. So when they're getting that extra game, by the way, I'm also thinking over-unders, the NFC got the home game in these in these, uh, who's the NFC got the home game in, in these, in these games, or I'm sorry, the AFC got the home game in these teams. So to me, it favors that you look at, again, any, any little edge I can get, uh, any, anything at all, that's the kind of thing to be has edge, which team out of the, in your division got the hardest game, which team got the easiest game. And again, San Francisco was to me that really stood out is they got the best of the bunch in terms of, they got the quote unquote, you know, a team that and that division is universally considered, at least as of today, to be the easiest. And also, I think you may, I don't want to say it's going to be NBA tank-like in terms of guys resting guys, but an extra week, maybe we'll see. Is it possible instead of seeing Derrick Henry get the ball 25 times a game? This is maybe more for prop betting. Maybe the coach will say, you know what, gosh, it's 17 weeks. I don't want to burn him out. Maybe he only gets 22 carries. We're going to find out, but again, I, I would think maybe towards the end of the season, maybe we'll see a little less mileage on uh, on some of these guys would be kind of the way I think it's going to go. And so, yeah, so with, with some of these half numbers, I see 49ers at 10 and a half, you know, some of these half numbers, are you maybe leaning a little bit, you know, just to generalize, obviously we're not diving in super deep on it, but yeah. maybe leaning a little bit more AFC because they do get to host that extra game. Yeah, I think, I think it does, it does, it does help those teams, but again, you have to, it's just a part of it, Joey. It's like I talk yeah. about the town virus. That's an act, an, an aspect of it. But you have to do a deep dive. Again, if you're really going to do this right, okay, and, and again, nine hours of the guys listening to the show aren't going to want to do this. But if you want to do a season total right, here's what you do. You go through the 17 games. You make what you think the spread will be in each game. Let's suppose you think the Bears are playing the Lions. You think the Bears will be a four-point favorite. Okay, that translates to about minus $1.60 with the money line. So mm. take 16 divided by 26, doing quick math, that's probably about 63%. The Bears have a 63% chance of winning that game. You do that for all 17 games. You don't just say Lions win, Packers lose. You know, you don't do it like that, okay? You actually have to say, here's the chance of them winning each individual game. And then when you get that up, you add up, okay, 63% chance for a win here. So that's worth 0.63 wins. This game, they only have an 18% chance. That's a 0.18. And you come up with a number. What number do you come up with? Okay, I came up with 8.36 wins. Okay, well, let's see what the over-unders. Oh, wow, the over-under came in at only seven and a half. That's a full game off. I'm going to take that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that over. Or the over-under came at nine and a half. I'm going to take that under. Don't have any biases. Again, I always say I bet, bet numbers, not teams. Do your own handicapping work. Do the research. It takes time. But if you do it, then you'll know what a good bet is. I Probably, I hope I didn't lose so many of the guys here, but if you really want to do it right, that's what you do. And that's how you, that's how you make money in this industry. So I, I'm, I definitely think there, there's the advantage. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, you could touch on it, like almost like blanket, like saying, all right, 
all the teams that have an extra home game um, right. that have a number that sits on a half, maybe I'm betting the over on, on all those teams. But Brad's saying that's that, you know, that's, that's oversimplifying. That's true. I would say the only big pushback I would have on, on Brad's strategy, this, I think that depends on the person you got. If you're, you have to put a lot of stock in your ability, you know, to be, to be like, to be, to be good at handicapping it, it to figure, you know what I'm saying? Like, Brad, you obviously trust you, what, you know, your football act, I mean, you, how in tune you are, right? You take your average person and they could say, all right, I think this, that, and the other, but if they suck it, that, that prognostication or just like really can't assess, they're going to lose their ass. I mean, because like, their numbers are going to be worthless. There's so, 15 and two. If you're uh, skilled, <laughs> if you're skilled in, and it's hard to quantify that, how do you know, if you're generally like really in tune and like skilled with it, I think that's, that's the strategy right there with Brad nailed it, but you got to be careful there because most people think they know a lot more than they, they do. I would say most people, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of them, you know, yeah, but, hubris is the great equalizer. I mean, that extends yeah. to a lot of things in life, right? I mean, that just doesn't have to do with, you know, yeah, betting wins and losses for sure. Yeah, and of course, obviously, you, even, even if you're the greatest of all time at that, you could still get smoked because injuries. I mean, look at the Cowboys, Brad, you loved last year. was probably the easiest division winner you could pick on paper, yeah. but oh, Jesus man. Christ. Lost all five stars. offensive line went out. Prescott goes out. The defense was was an Icelandic abortion. It was just, yeah. oh my God. And like, whoa, that, that didn't work out, but there's no way you could have foreseen it that way going in. So um, I guess that's really, I'm just arguing. It's like, whoa, isn't everything just like close your eyes then? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's, I think it's going to be interesting and I'm curious to see, I think, you know, I think experts like, like Brad and Scott, I think you guys are going to be able to dig in there and find that value out of that 17th game. But I also think this is an opportunity for, you know, Vegas and the odds makers to take a lot of money from other people too, as well, because of just that. I just feel like that extra game might kind of throw people off just a tiny little bit. And yeah. With those Cowboys, man, I bought in hard in fantasy, every single league. I was either, you know, Zeke first round pouncing on Dak third round, CD lamb fifth, sixth round CD lamb. That's really early. It's like, nah, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And it's came awesome. back to bite you in the ass. You know, you never, you never know. Right. Um, before we get you guys out of here, Scott, just uh, throw out there. Are, are there any values or any, um, are there any plays, anything coming up maybe outside of the NFL that you're looking at right now? Are you starting to turn your eyes towards uh, the basketball, maybe the NFL uh, NBA playoffs coming up? Or is there, you know, maybe golf tournaments still on the mind after the masters? Um, what's kind of um, going through your mind right now? Uh, NBA, this guy, right. Derek Rose, whatever he, wherever he is, I've just been leading the, leading the Knicks to the promised <laughs> land. <laughs> uh, no, actually the, the Knicks uh, aren't so bad. Um, very random. Uh, this is extremely random. I'm, I'm saying Chris Kirk at 55 to win to win a Bell's bar. Oh, oh. really? <laughs> Chris Kirk. Yeah. He's playing well. He's got he's got the good the game that, that could fit this place. He's he's accurate. Um, yeah, off the tee, he's 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 got a good short game. He's hot right now. He's kind of flying in on the radar. I like fifty five to one the Valspar um, and Charlie Hoffman at forty five to one. Uh, they're probably not going to win, but if I'm looking for something, I think those are good values. 
Um, I mean, you could say that every week about everybody in golf, right? I would love Corey Connors because I've, I've become a huge fan of Corey Connors, but he's he's gotten so good right now that his odds are all the way to 18 to one, which is the third best or third, you know, or third lowest in the field behind Justin Thomas and Dustin Johnson and then Corey Connors. So, but Scott, what about, too remember much. me and you talked about Corey Connors for the U.S. Open? Why don't you yes. that bet? Okay, yeah. All right, how about it? We, the odds were what? 100 to 1. 100 to 1? So why not take him at 100 to 1 when that as opposed to 18 to 1 to win this tournament? No, I'm not. I'm saying I don't yeah. like it at 18 Yeah, I know that. Tournament. But I think yeah. there's real value in, in some of these majors. Corey Connors' numbers, uh, I was speaking to Scott because I respect Scott's opinion so much. And, and, you know, he was 80 to 1, I think, for the uh, PGA and 101 at the U.S. Open. Um, oh, I just didn't understand why those odds were so high, considering how well he's playing. I thought he should be more like probably half those odds. Um, so that was something we talked about. So I would say, like, just if I just want to comment real quick, like when it comes to the golf um, and futures bets, um, definitely jumping on it early um, is the way to go. And it's still early enough, like Connors, because those odds are probably, I mean, already lower than, I don't know, maybe they're not, but they, they were 100 to one as of like a week ago, right? And 80 to one on the- It still are. Great. When I'm looking at golfers, uh, for guys to compete, like you want someone that's an really just generally consistent um, high-end ball striker, because that is the skill that goes, that's less volatile in terms of it going, coming and going. You can play from course to um, course, that, yeah. Like putting, like even a great putter. I mean, Jason Day was an amazing putter, and now he's like, oh, he's reached a stretch where he's uh, god awful. Um, it happens. Ricky Fowler, but guys that are consistently excellent ball strikers, keep it in the fairway, are just right around that cup, putting themselves in a position to score birdies, things like that. Corey Connors has arguably been the best in the world um, since 2021 began. So um, I like his chances to compete. So if I'm getting hundred to one to 80 to one to win, you know, right now for the way he's playing and what he does well, um, and he's gotten become better with the flat stick, which comes and goes, but gosh, I mean, those guys that are right around the cup, I mean, Matsuyama, he's been a betting favorite. He finally broke through on the majors. He rewarded the people that kept plunking down on him every time. And of course the handful of people who finally gave up on him right before the masters that were betting him want to blow their brains out, but, uh, amazing ball striker. So those are the guys to keep your eye on generally speaking. Um, when you're looking for nice odds on a payout, someone that could just do it like that. Those are your weekly golf payouts right there with Mr. Scott saying, Brad, um, maybe outside the NFL right now, what do you have your eyes on in terms of value? I know we got NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs coming up, or is it maybe something else you're looking at? One thing I would say, Joey, is, and I do this every night, and sometimes you can get some really good values, is ch check out these sports both when these NBA games are being played, the division bet specifically, because there's only like about 10 games left in the year now. Sometimes these sports books leave these bets up after the game start. So if you have a situation where a team is, let's say, a plus 300 to win the division and they win a game they're not supposed to win, and a team that's minus 450, let's say, loses a game they're not supposed to lose, the next day those odds are probably going to get closer to minus, with this few games left in the year, maybe minus 150. So if you're getting plus 300 on something, I do this all the time and I see, I mean, I, I, mean, I have no life. This is what I do. And I'm <laughs> always looking at these sports books waiting for them like waiting for them to make those mistakes and when they do i pounce that to me would be something i would say look i spent a lot of my time recently just doing the uh these draft bets which i put in 
uh, you know, so and I'm doing the props every single day. But I would just say to everyone out there listening is if you take time and you actually try to do stuff like I'm saying, you'll be able to get these sports booking and, and tilt the advantage from them to you by doing all stuff like that. I, I got a question about that, Brad. Do you have a generally like when do you find these mistakes from these books, right? Do they, or does it depend on the book? Do they generally correct them at some point like early on? And if so, uh, or, uh, it really depends. Sometimes it's not till the next day. Sometimes if I make a bet, then they'll, they'll change it immediately. Depends on the sport. Like if you ask me to teach you into a sports book, I can give you that answer, but it really does depend on the sports book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it before. I've seen it before. Like the year when I had, uh, <laughs> what's his face? Uh, who was it? Um, Johnny Cueto. To, uh, yeah. You told me that one. I like that story. When NL Cy Young, I noticed the odds were a hundred to one. They, they accidentally put an additional zero on there. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and I pounded it every penny that I possibly could. Of course, he didn't win the Cy Young. Only one guy wins it. He was fine, but not, you know, didn't win Cy Young. But like, yeah, that's the type of stuff. Like 100 to 1. Like, that's an egregious mistake. Brad, you were convinced, like, dude, they're going to get in touch with you and say, we're giving you your money back. That's that bet is wrong. That is, yeah. You know, and they yeah, we, yeah, we made a mistake. Um, so here's what we're going to do about that. <laughs> that's great though. That's, I mean, how do you not, when your eyes, your eyes got a bulge out of your head and you're like, Oh my that's, God, this is incredible. That's incredible value right there. That is, sure. that's gotta be rare to, where it's egregious to that point. I mean, literally it was like a, it must've been a typo and I don't know, syntax somehow you're seeing all these guys 12 to one, 15 to one. And then all of a sudden there's Johnny Cueto sitting right there towards the top of the board, hundred to one. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got Scott's uh, crusade of Cueto that, uh, that almost, that almost might've worked out. Yeah. It almost might've worked out. Um, Brad, maybe a little story time with Brad real quick before we get out of here. Any Chicago Bears stories, uh, maybe any uh, major oh. wins, any time you took the oh. rake, uh, maybe any uh, player interactions, anything you got. I'll give you a story. Um, God, I'm trying to think of the year. Maybe it was 2014. 2014, it was game six of the Heat versus the Pacers. And I want to say the final score is 117 to 92. I'm going to have to look when we're done. We're going to look this up. I made a $4,000 bet getting 50 to one odds that the Heat win the game by 25 and a half. Okay, so I have the Heat minus 25 and a half, 4,000, I paid 200,000. And I just don't know why on that particular game, that particular, I just really, really, really felt like the heat. And I usually don't make bets like that. Maybe like once every five years. I happen to make one that day. I felt the heat were just going to win the game literally by 30 points and just kill them. That was the Roy Hibbert series, the Roy Hibbert Pacers, I, right? And wasn't yeah, that like, yeah, did they like take like a one or two a lead and then LeBron got pissed in that series? Was, but I, I'm trying, God, it was seven years ago. I'm really... I just remember when before they played game six, I really thought it was going to be a blow up and you were able to get 50 to one odds on them winning by more than 25, 25 and a half. And I put 4,000 to win 200,000. I watched the game. It's a 28 point game with one second to go. 28 point game, one second to go. By the way, I kept this on my DVR. My son goes, did you finally get rid of the Donald Sloan shot? I kept it on my DVR for two years, watch it every single day, 500 times a day. I was sick. They inbounded, you know, when there's like a second left in the game, they just throw out the clock and even shoot the ball. Uh, yeah. They inbounded the ball to him, three quarters court, Donald Sloan from Texas AM, and he banks in a 75 foot <laughs> shot at the buzzer. 
And I literally, I always say in life, you can't choose when you get lucky. You can't choose your luck. You, you, you can get unlucky on a $1 bet or in this case, a $200,000 bet. I must've watched that. No, I kept it on my DVR for multiple years and I watched it every single day. I get people listening out there, Google that game. It was 2014. I think the score was. It was 117 to 92. You're right. I just okay. It was, and, and, and Donald Sloan, it Mason. was, it was between half court. It was between half court and three quarters court. It was maybe like a, it was, it was between literally between the foul line and between the, the yeah. uh, half court marker. And he banked in like this crazy shot at the buzzer. And uh, I always remember Donald Sloan took my last breath in this world. What's to me also what's wild about that is that like, because it was a, you know, it was a prop. I mean, you, you, the it was a prop that a stupid so thing. It's not I just, on the I just radar. Like it's not even on the radar of like uh, something that I don't, I never do that like, stuff. Not, I just do that it's not on sports centers, bad beats because no, 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 I mean, no one knows about it except me. And, and, <laughs> you know, and, no, because you could do that for any game. You could say like, well, this screwed somebody. Somewhere. Yeah. And live betting. Sure. Now in today's yeah. advent and live betting, it can happen all the time. But, but that was a bet that I, I just remember, I just, I literally for, for multiple years, forget my, I just looked at that shot every single day on my DVR. Like the do. And I finally just deleted it. What was, what was he thinking? Did you guys see that? Uh, what was it? I think the Penguins were plus 1.5 goals the other week, or it was like last week, and they were up like three nothing, four nothing, five nothing. They were up seven to one. And then in the third period, in the final six minutes, they gave up five goals. And it was something like, Wow. With, wow. The time, the time and the and the uh and the goal advantage, it was like a 270-0-0. Like it never ever ever happened before. They won seven six, but that line got smashed. Like just got Trevor smashed. Lawrence, more likely to go number two overall than that. <laughs> yeah, than, yeah. Seriously. Losing, you're fixing it up. You're getting you're getting a what? Uh, it were they for the plus one fifteen on them? You said was it? Oh my God! They're up, and they were up seven to one. Yes, it, and then and and it wasn't just like a little bit at a time either. It was all like in the third period. It was like six minutes, and then they 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 popped like two goals with under two minutes too as well. So just imagine edge of your couch, like you got to be kidding me. This can't be happening. This is happening. It happened. You know what I mean? Like it, it was just uh, that's that's a tough, that's a tough I, road. But history is made, right? Yeah, Brad. I'm I'm curious on. Uh, I'm sure you know exactly where you're sitting, what you were feeling when that shot. Oh, hundred percent. It's like, I, knowing you, you probably weren't like you had you hadn't chalked it up to a win yet. Because no, you know, oh no 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 like, no, no, don't do that. No, 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 Scott, until no, the buzzer has sounded. You even like, Joe, you, you don't know do this that. about me. Scott Scott yeah. knows this about me very well. You could try to scour the, the the earth to find a more negative person in terms of that I put in. Even when the game's final, I think I lost. <laughs> I won. I, I, Double I check am, that score. Yeah, I, I am. I, I am literally never thinking a game's a win until literally the game is over. So actually, Scott, you are right. And and I and I'm like, suppose some guy hits a 70 foot shot the ball. But actually, I remember watching that. And the funny thing is, the sick, demented part of me, the sick, demented part of me, I hit pause on my DVR and I watch it in slow motion. Because I'm just like, I just want to make sure it's off like 20 feet. Oh my God, I do that. And, 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 and I'm watching the shot. I'm watching the shot. I'm like, 
holy shit, this thing looks like it's online. And as it's getting closer, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, like this thing is online. And then it went in and I, I just, oh. I fell on my knees and I screamed and I got yelled at by my wife. And uh, I'm like, if only you knew. And uh, yeah, and I, I, like- I watched it for multiple <laughs> I watched it. I was gonna say it's like a scene, uh, scene from The Shining. Me and Scott come over to your place. The lights are off, and we're just like, Brad. And it's just like, yeah. Over. I mean, but I can at least laugh about it. Seven years is when I can laugh about it after the fact. Are you so it's and been I, seven years? So I can now laugh about it. You and I may be the only people that I know of that that do the live pause on a big. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I I have friends that refuse to walk, come. Walk Same game. here. Won't watch games. They hate me. I'm so yeah. stubborn about it. I have to I have to do the pause and watch it in slow mode. They're like, no, fuck you. I have this thing. Scott, this is why I'm I mean you like watch. each other. Yeah. And I do it. I did it for Siwoo Kim missing a goddamn. Same here. The, the, oh, five, I have another one for you. Dustin, feet, Dustin Johnson. Rims out. No, wait, Dustin Johnson. I'm like, I it's, had $20,000 like, and a million dollars in the US Open. $20,000 ticket to win $500,000 against Jordan Speed. He's a 12 foot putt to make me $500,000. Like, even if he misses, he's going to be about a six and a half to five favorite over speed. I'll guarantee 300 grand. He's not going to three putt from 12 feet. That never happens. Oh, my God. I remember watching that. I watched that putt. That, that, I kept that part of my DVR for at least a year. He missed a three foot putt coming back, and Jordan Speeth won uh, the U.S. Open in Chambers, Chambers in, in, uh, in Washington. That was another vicious one and again can't choose it just happens to be some of my biggest bets in my life have been the most unfair losses of my career yeah that Dustin Johnson one really ate me up although on that day I did get fortunate I bet Adam Scott be like the low round of the day getting 82 and a half to one odds and he did win oh man what's made you fist pump has there been a fist pump bet? Maybe like something that was like yeah, a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I or- swear to you, man, and I, I not just saying, and I and I know everyone's biased. You always remember the losses, not the wins. But there's been so few times. Gosh, I really have gotten. You know, one thing I got lucky on was Mike when I won the DFS title. Um, we were losing. Uh, I was down by like six points, and I had David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, I think Carson Palmer. And it was fourth down for the for the uh, Arizona, and they they were my only players left. If they if the game if they there was like a minute and a half left in the game, if it's fourth down, that's it. They had no timeouts left. That was the game. They were down by like two touchdowns too, or three touchdowns. Like they weren't going to win the game. Larry Fitzgerald made this catch that was so ridiculous, so obscene. And again, because it wasn't, it just meant nothing. Like no one talked about it other than I was like, Larry. (laughs) Uh, But that was a time I got lucky, which did theoretically, you know, win win us a million dollars. So I guess I have to count that one begrudgingly. (laughs) I got it. I know we're wrapping up. I do have to just mention, uh, I would say that the slow-mo thing works best for, or is most applicable to putts. Oh, yes. And and field goals. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, I field goals. How do you, why do you do that to yourself? Double doink That's and right on this you, you have no idea until you've done it. Oh, my no, God. Until you've tried it. I am obsessed with doing oh, it on field goals. I, I do it so doink. I'm like, did I just, just like, hit the crossbar? That's what I do. Oh. 
Yeah. And then bounced straight up and then just went. I'm like, yeah. And even That's, his promo, I'm like, way, did that land on the other side of the bar? What the fuck just happened? I had the exact That's same scenario. The, 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 the double doinking, the exact same thing happened. I do it in the field goals and I, I go so you. slow. I do it frame by frame. Yeah. And for that particular kick, I was like, holy shit. I was like, I was like, it's in. Oh, it's in. No, wait a minute. It's, I didn't even know. <laughs> when he barely made the first one at the timeout, I knew we were screwed. And I'm one of the most optimistic dudes on the planet Earth. And I, I just felt like that he was going to miss well, that. That's why we're a good team because me and Scott are the two most negative people with this stuff. Yeah, I can so balance it. <laughs> oh, dude. No, I, I I'm watching that Falcons Patriots game. I swear to God, I'm at that Falcons Patriots game. I'm at a party. Yeah. And everyone's saying, let's get out of here. And I'm saying, are, you, are we really counting Tom Brady out in the second quarter? Yeah, are right. we out Are we out of our minds? Not saying yeah. that I thought he was going to do it, but like, of course not. too much time left in the game, guys. Too For much him. time left in the game. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy stuff happens. Yeah. And crazy stuff is going to happen at this NFL draft tomorrow night. Gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming to Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos, Scott Sang, Brad Feinberg. You guys, this is so much fun. Thank you so much for coming back. Can't wait to do it again as soon as possible. Thank you so much, guys, and enjoy the NFL draft. All right. Will do. Thank you, Joey. Enjoy it, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. You can use your mobile device right now to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Also, today is brought to you by Just Live CBD Oil, so make sure you check that out. Wonderful products on that website as well. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. It's the NFL Draft, you guys. Soak it up, enjoy, and then we're going to be back next week with a bunch of great shows. So make sure you tune in. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.